I have not slept since the senseless killing of this young man, Tyree Nichols, on the other week in Memphis. And so the spirit has troubled me to put biblical word to this situation for the people of God. So I want to suspend my stained glass series for this morning to address this issue from the Word of God. Open your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 13, verses 24 through verse number 30. And I want to talk to us from this subject, something has gone wrong in the field. Something has gone wrong in the field. Commencing in verse 24, he put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to someone who sowed good seed in his field, but while everybody was asleep, an enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared as well. And the slaves of the householder came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where then did these weeds come from? He answered, an enemy has done this. The slave said to him, then do you want us to go and gather them? But he replied, no. For in gathering the weeds, you would uproot the wheat along with them. Let both of them grow together until the harvest. And at the harvest time, I will tell the reapers, collect the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned. But gather the wheat into my barn. Thank you. You may be seated. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Something has gone wrong in the field. Seventeen million viewers watched in stunned disbelief as a list megastar Will Smith who was himself fated with an Academy Award for Best Actor later in the show walked on stage and committed the crime of battery when he slapped Chris Rock across the face. Violence perpetrated against a white person is assault. But when an African-American male 
is violent against another African-American male, it's just boys in the hood. Shame on us. If we do not call what happened in the Dolby Theater a crime. You cannot cure a sickness if you keep misdiagnosing it. And condemnation without consequence is cowardice. Condemnation without consequence is cowardice. Hypotheticals, which is a discussion of what we want to know, and theoreticals, which is a discussion of what we think we know, would be a helpful exercise at this point to reach some conclusions. Hypothetically, had Jimmy Fallon made the same joke that Chris Rock made, theoretically, Will Smith would still be laughing. Hypothetically, had Will Smith had the temerity to slap Jimmy Fallon, theoretically, he would have been immediately handcuffed, arrested, and removed from the Dolby Theater. Somebody ought to help me preach it this morning. Hypothetically, had Will Smith slapped a woman, theoretically, the Me Too movement would have been outraged. Hypothetically, had Will Smith slapped a gay man, the LGBTQ community would be clutching their pearls. Hypothetically, had a white man named Jim Carrey slapped Chris Rock, theoretically, the black community would be marching in the streets. From the time Will Smith walked from his seat to the time he reached Chris Rock, there was enough time to think about what his actions meant. Not only to himself and to Chris, but to Hattie McDaniel, Sidney Poitier, James Earl Jones, Paul Winfield, Louis Gossett Jr., Denzel Washington, Whoopi Goldberg, Halle Berry, Cuba Gooding Jr., Morgan Freeman, and 11 other African-American Oscar winners. Tragically comedic, Will Smith slapped Chris Rock because he could. He never would have slapped Samuel Jackson. I wish I had time to stay right there. 20th century American poet Edna St. Vincent Millay 
Edna St. Vincent Millay wrote, It is not true that life is one thing after another. Life is the same thing over and over. And here we are again this morning with another young African-American male murdered in the streets. This time not by the hands of the white establishment but by men with the same color skin who happened upon him like a pack of wolves and with the sadistic savagery that is so shocking that even the most hardened among us were surprised brutally beat him to death 100 yards from his own house hypothetically if Tyree Nichols had been a woman, theoretically, the Me Too movement would be outraged. Hypothetically, if Tyree Nichols had been a gay man, the LGBTQ community would be up in arms. If the policemen, hypothetically, who murdered Tyree Nichols were white, the black community Theoretically, it would be already setting Memphis on fire. Burning down only black-owned businesses. Hypothetically, if Tyree Nichols was a white 29-year-old man, theoretically, the black policeman would have politely asked him for his license and registration and they would have courteously sent him on his way. From the time these sociopathic killers walked from their patrol cars to Tyree Nichols' car, there was time enough to think about what their actions meant. Not only to themselves and their families, or to Tyree Nichols and his family, but to the black former police chief of Houston, Lee Brown, or the current black police chief, Troy Finner, here in Houston, or what their actions meant to their own black police chief, Sarah Davis, of the Memphis Police Department, or the 26 other black police chiefs of the 50 largest police departments in the United States or the countless millions of us who are in church this morning who just want innocent young black men to be police like guilty young white men let me run that by you one more time we want the police we are not for defunding the police but when I call the police I don't want them to kill me we are for the police policing our streets but we want innocent young black men to be policed like guilty young white men you don't have to take my word for that you don't have to take my word for that dylan roof killed nine black people in the mother emmanuel methodist church and he was arrested without incident and when asked if he was hungry they went to Burger King and brought him something to eat 
We want innocent black men to be policed like guilty white men. Kyle Rittenhouse, who was too young to even own a gun, went to a demonstration and with a semi-automatic rifle shot and killed two protesters and when he went to trial he was acquitted of the charges. We want innocent black men to be policed like guilty white men. Like Will Smith, these black policemen murdered Tyree Nichols because they could. Brothers and sisters, the origins of modern-day policing, the origins of modern-day policing can be traced back to the slave patrols. The earliest formal slave patrol was created in the Carolinas in the early 1700s with one mission and one goal to establish a system of terror and to quash slave uprisings with the, with the capacity to pursue, apprehend, and return runaway slaves to their owners. That's where policing came from. Slave patrols continued until the end of the Civil War and the passage of the 13th Amendment. During Reconstruction, because if you don't know history, you're doomed to repeat it. During Reconstruction, slave patrols were replaced by militia groups who were empowered to control and deny access of equal rights to slaves enforcing black codes that regulated and restricted access to jobs, to wages, to voting, and freedom for former slaves. Brothers and sisters, all cruelty, like the savagery that we witness in those police tapes, all cruelty begins with dehumanization. Not seeing the face of the other. Not seeing the whole humanity of the life of the other. A cultural regime of dehumanization has been constructed in many police departments. And in that fertile ground, racial animus can spread and become entrenched, resulting in the deaths of Tyree Nichols. George Floyd, Dante Wright, Andre Hill, Manuel Ellis, Brianna Taylor, Atatiana Jefferson, Ara Rosser, Stephon Clark, Botham Jean, Philando Castile, Alton Sterling, Freddie Gray, Tanisha Fonville, Eric Gardner, Tamir Rice, Michael Brown, Tanisha Anderson, Sandra Bland, Trayvon Martin, all died at the hands of police authority because they could. 
One of the brothers asked me this morning, why is it when these persons are being killed, do they call on their mother? This young man, Tyree Nichols, was 80 to 100 yards from his house. And he screamed for his mother because he thought she could hear him. And she said she will go to her grave regretting not going outside to see what he wanted because had she gone there, the police would have had to kill her too. Why? One of my deacons asked, do these men call on their mother? Because the black woman's womb has always been comfort for us. The black woman's embrace, a black mother's love has always been there when we were abused. The black woman's womb was abused by the white slave master, but she still took care of their white children and came back to her house and loved her own children. Stony the road we tried. Bitter the chastening rod. Felt in the days when hope unborn had died. I'm not dealing in theoreticals and hypotheticals now. My own mother, who sleeps the long sleep, I slept in the bed with her two and a half years before she passed. And my brother Steve was shot in the back and killed with a sawed-off shotgun on the campus of Grambling College. Steve was in his senior year, about to graduate in May. He was killed in April because he was in a fraternity where the president of the fraternity wanted to initiate the boys by having them rape a girl. And my brother Steve said, it's not going to happen on my watch because I have a mother and two sisters. He got in a fight with the president and beat him, hit him everywhere but under his feet. Steve was small and slight in stature and this man was much bigger than him from New Orleans. They shook hands and the man said the fight was over, went back to his room, came back with a sawed-off shotgun, shot him in the back and killed him on the campus of Grambling College one month before his graduation. And my mother said to me some, some months before she passed that she would go to her grave regretting not being there because she wonders until she dies and go to her grave if his last words was calling for his mother. It is the womb of the black woman that has kept us in this nation. It was black women who elected Joe Biden to be president. And we do not have yet any action on the George Floyd Policing Act. It was black women who voted Joe Biden in action and we have no action on the John Lewis voting rights bill. Black women in Wisconsin, black women in Georgia, black women in Pennsylvania, black women in Michigan, black women right here in Texas shows up every election for a country that says you do not matter. Something has gone wrong in the field. While men slept, an enemy has come. 
and sowing some tares among the wheat. Why are we at the national convention? Why are we at our Masonic meetings? Why are we gathering at the boule for AKAs? Why are we at our Delta Founders Day? We are gathering shouting behind stained glass outside stained glass is open season on black men we are being hunted down like prey we are not safe in our own neighborhoods brothers and sisters you hear me there was a time when they were in the road and you were trying to pass, you could blow your horn. Now I'm scared of my own people. When they're talking in the streets, I don't blow the horn, I wait till they get through talking. And I pass by the car, I say, y'all finished? Because you can keep on talking if you feel like it. I ain't getting shot by nobody worth five cents and here I am pastoring one of the largest churches in Houston and I'm going to be shot by some five cent Negro on the street because I asked him to move. Who taught us how to hate each other? Who taught us how to despise each other's skin color? We are prejudiced. Forget the white people. We are prejudiced among ourselves. We treat dark-skinned people among ourselves differently from light-skinned people. We treat nappy hair different from straight hair. We treat broad noses different from narrow noses. We treat education different from people with no education. We treat money and property different from people who are living in the projects. But you know what white people call all of us? It rhymes with trigger. Don't you think because you're in that office you one of them? Have I got a witness here? Don't you think because your name is on the desk or on the door that they're going to treat you any differently? Anytime they get a chance, they're going to bring you down. That's why you better come back over here and meet us. You better come meet us who know that all my help comes from the Lord. How I make it tomorrow morning don't depend on how no white man feels about me. I will lift up my eyes unto the hill. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. While I'm there, I don't want to stay too long right here, but I see a glaring hypocrisy. We black folk are hypocritical. Because if white policemen had killed Tyree Nichols in the savagery with which those black men killed him, Memphis would be on fire this morning. 
but because a black black because black policemen killed him they are proud that they are peacefully protesting well, if you're going to burn it down when a white man does it and you don't burn it down when black men do it, that's hypocritical. Which means in the first place, you shouldn't burn it down at all. And you ain't burning nothing but your stuff. You remember when um, the riots went on in Los Angeles when, when Rodney King was beaten? They burned down South Central, Figueroa, and, and La Cienega Boulevard, and, 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 and South Central Los Angeles. But then somebody got the idea, let's go to Beverly Hills. And, and them white people say, hold on, beloved. You ain't, you ain't going on, real, on, on Rodeo Drive with all that. No, you can burn all this stuff down over here. But you ain't going to burn nothing over there in Beverly Hills. Because we are good at tearing up our stuff. And bringing down our people. We, we just like crabs in a bucket. One crab can't get out unless the other crab is trying to pull him back in. Why can't you rejoice when God blesses somebody else? Why can't you shout when God raises up somebody else? And then the folk who get up, why can't you help the rest of us get up? Something has gone wrong in the field. I'm trying to hurry right in here. But race is no more a social construct. That's all race is. Race is no more than a social construct designed for political control, psychological manipulation, and social engineering. The challenges before us this morning, Lily Grove, and those of you who are watching us on our social media streams, the challenges before us are not the result of the depravity of those wicked black policemen. But the indifference, the silence of blacks who are faithfully working and raising families and coming to worship behind the stained glass that I'm going to preach about on next Sunday. The question is not why does evil exist, but how do we live in the midst of it and keep our mouth shut? The question is not why does evil exist. The question is how can you live with it and not open your mouth. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a Lutheran pastor and prominent theologian who was martyred during the Holocaust, said silence in the face of evil is evil itself. Silence in the face of evil is evil itself. Something has gone wrong in the field. When these black policemen like savage dogs can happen upon a young black man who's complying with everything they've asked and then do not make it to his house from a traffic stop 
something's gone wrong in the field. When I go in the grocery store, when I go in a clothing store and somebody's following me around like I don't have money to pay for what it is I come to buy, something has gone wrong in the field. When parts of the city are redlined that banks do not loan money there because blacks live in that part of the city, something has gone wrong in the field. While we slept, they sold some tares among the wheat. Walk with me around the text. Both the wheat and the tare were planted together. Both the wheat and the tare share the same common experience of having been planted. The difference in the experience is revealed in two ways. The first way is the character of the seed. The seed is the wheat. And the tare looks imperceptibly like wheat. But a tare is a bastard wheat. Wheat has grain inside it. Tear is empty on the inside. And when you are empty on the inside, you can kill me and go eat a hamburger. When you are empty on the inside, you can curse your elders and sleep at night. When you are empty on the inside, you can walk away from your own children and expect the state to take care of them. When you are empty on the inside, you die and leave nothing for your family. When you are empty on the inside, you can destroy me and sleep at night. You can lie and destroy my character and it, go, it means absolutely nothing to you because you are tear among the wheat. There is some wheat in here this morning. But there's some tares among the wheat this morning. And they both look alike. They all stand when it's time to sing. They all stand when it's hearing the word of God read. They all stand when it's time to be dismissed. They all put their head down at intercessory prayer because the wheat and the tare look just alike. But if you want to know one from the other, you got to follow them home. You got to go to work with them. You got to get on Facebook with them. You got to hear their private conversation. Because we ain't impressed by what you are on Sunday morning. Because anybody can be holy for an hour and a half. What are you at your job in the morning? What are you among your friends and your family? What kind of life do you lead outside this sanctuary? Let the wheat and the tare grow together. They look just alike. 
But the character of the seed is different. But then the character of the sower is different. Because Satan is sowing tares. Jesus is sowing wheat. Because the life is in the seed. And the seed is the word of God. And every Sunday morning I'm casting seed. I have I got a witness here. And some people pick it up and it makes their life richer. Some people hear the same sermon and it doesn't mean anything to them. Because the sun, S-U-N, shines on mud and clay. It hardens one and softens the other. The gospel of Jesus Christ falls in earshot of everybody in this room and everybody listening to me online. But some people's heart gets hard and say, I don't care how much you preach, I'm going to do what I want to do. And then there are some people who hear the gospel and say, I know what you're saying is right, I'm going to change my wicked ways. And then even when you change your ways and go right, there are days when you still fall and go wrong. I wish I had some more crooked people in here this morning. I need six or seven more crooks in here who will join me this morning to testify that every time I desire to do good, evil is always present. The good that I would do, I find myself not doing, and the evil that I don't want to do, that's what I do. Oh, wretched man, not that I was, but that I still am. I don't always get it right. You want to see a sinner? Look up here. Look right here. If you want to see a sinner in Houston, look directly at me. But I'm glad this morning that by grace, God can write on a straight line with a crooked stick. We have this treasure in an earthen vessel that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Paul said, I went to the Lord three times and asked him to move that thorn in my flesh. But God said, my grace is sufficient have I got a witness here so every time I mess up God's grace is sufficient every time I color outside the lines God's grace is sufficient every time I don't look like a Christian or act like a Christian or sound like a Christian or walk like a Christian God's grace is sufficient I need somebody to help me shout over the grace of God I am what I am the grace of God both of them were planted together both of them progressed together 
Because the slaves came and said, Master, there's some tares among the wheat. What happened so that these tares, these, these bastard wheat, would get among the wholesome good wheat? The master said, while we were sleeping, the enemy came and did this. While we were partying at Mardi Gras, while we were tailgating at the Texans game, while we were backing that thing up at the family reunion, while we were playing dominoes, spades in the union building, an enemy has done this. While we were taking furniture out of the house in the black community and putting it on the street to sit out all day with no jobs and no schedules, the enemy has done this. While we are going buy hair and getting our nails done, instead of buying the hair shop and buying the nail shop, an enemy has done this. But the sad thing is, if we buy the hair and if we do the nails, they'll break in our place and they'll never break in no other people's place. Those people come in our community and take our money and go back to their community with street signs that we can't even read. While we slept, an enemy has done this. They progressed together. But then finally, they were processed together. The slaves, the, the servants, the workers want to pull them up because the tares ain't got no business among the wheat. But the master said, leave it alone. Let the no good stay with the good. Let the tares stay with the wheat. Because here is what the problem could become. In your zeal to uproot the tares, you could uproot some wheat. In your eagerness to destroy what's no good, you might inadvertently destroy what needs to be there. So I'll tell you what you do. Let them grow together. It ain't hurting nothing right now. Just, just let them grow together. And when I come, Now don't you don't you go around here judging nobody and saying who got religion and who don't have religion, who's saved and who ain't saved, and who's lost and who's going to hell. How pharisaical of you. What kind of a Sadducee are you to point your finger at somebody talking about you must be some tear because you ain't as spiritual as I am because I got a fish on my back bumper and somebody asked me how I'm doing I say praise the Lord I'm too blessed to be stressed I'm blessed in heart that, that don't mean nothing about you being saved let the wheat and the tear grow together and when 
I'm a separator. And the tap will be burned and the wheat will be barned. Just change one letter. That's all salvation is. Changing one letter. One will burn and one will go to a barn. Let them grow together. Let folk come in here who don't know Jesus. The seed of the gospel is planted and God will change that life and the folk who don't look like much to you God will save them in an instant. Because you can't tell who's saved by how they look. How you know you've been saved, Reverend? I'm glad you asked. I'm through. But I know I've been born again. Because I've got melody in my heart unto the Lord. I know I'm saved because his word says if you confess your sin I wish I had a witness here he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved for with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved how shall they call on him in whom they have not believed and how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard and how shall they hear without a preacher and how shall they preach except they be sent how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace one day I heard my old pastor down in Eunice where I'm from preach the gospel my old preacher said he died and then he would say, didn't he die? I heard that story. I was looking right at him when he said it. He died. And then he'd say, didn't he die? And then my old pastor would go on to tell us how long he died. Reverend Wilkerson said he died until the sun refused to shine. He died until graves burst open. And the dead in Christ walked down the streets of Jerusalem. My old pastor said he died until a centurion soldier said, I believe we killed the wrong man. Surely this must be the son of God. I know I've been born again. My name is written in the Lamb's book of life because the Bible says he that has the son of God has life and he that have not the son of God has not life and the wrath of God abides upon him I know I'm a child of God because I believe what he said in John chapter 3 verse 16 for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life know I'm saved because every time I hear the gospel I want to hear more of the gospel 
every time I read the scripture I find out God is still good every time I come to church on Sunday morning and hear the deacons pray and hear the choir sing I don't even have to be the one preaching my soul gets happy when I think about all he's done for me I know I'm a child of God because when this life is over I know I got a home in glory I know I've been redeemed I'm not worried about what's gonna happen when I die because I am a child of God I need some more true believers who know that the Lord has saved you and you are not ashamed of the gospel if you're not ashamed and God's been good to you if you're not embarrassed and you don't care who's looking at you if you know God's been good to you and you don't mind testifying if you've been redeemed then you ought to show some sign let the redeemed of the Lord say so if God brought you out say so if God healed your body say so if God saved your soul say so if he put food on your table say so if he wrote your name in the Lamb's book of life say so if you know you're going to heaven say so if you know you've been changed say so say so tell him thank you thank you thank you for saving me thank you for redeeming me I need a witness who know you've been born again if God has brought you and you don't care who's looking at you if God has provided for you and you don't mind testifying if God has made a way for you and you don't mind being a witness if God has opened the door and you don't mind testifying why don't you tell somebody you don't know like I know you can't tell it like I can tell it what the Lord what the Lord I wish I had a witness here I'm getting happy right now because when I think about how many times the police stopped me I could have been shot here in Houston but God's got a hedge around me when I think about how many times I've sinned and come short of his glory but God got a fence around me he protected my name he protected my reputation I wish I had one or two more witnesses who know you could have been dead sleeping in your grave but God protected you if you know him and you're not ashamed to testify if he brought you and you are a witness of his goodness if he kept you and you are a beneficiary of his grace help me praise his name tell him thank you thank you thank you 
thank you thank you thank you for where you brought me from thank you for how you kept me tragedy are commonplace all kinds of diseases people are slipping away the economy's down people can't get enough pay but as for me as for me all i can say is thank you lord for all you've done for me it could have been me outdoors with no food with no clothes all left alone without a friend just another number with a tragic end but he didn't see fit to let none of these things be i'm saved by his power he keeps on 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 keeping me thank you thank you thank you i know he's all right in perfect peace because I keep my mind stayed on him won't he do it won't he do it why don't you hug somebody tell him won't he do it won't he do it won't he do it <laughs> 